This is Inspiring Minds, a podcast focused on thought-provoking conversations between BSB students and our world-class faculty. Hello, welcome to Inspiring Minds. I'm Ian McPherson, a sophomore here at VSB majoring in economics and international business. And I'm here today with Assistant Professor Bakchi, the Diane and James Yakabuchi 73 Assistant Professor of Economics. Dr. Bakchi, could you summarize the paper and I guess how it came about? This paper originated about a year back as I was traveling to and from the American Economic Association conference that was being held in Chicago. So during the course of my trip, I ended up taking rides with either Uber or Lyft. And during the course of those rides, I had a chance to chat with the drivers who were uh, taking me to different places, either to the airport or back home. And I realized that a number of these people used to drive cabs before, but had now switched to driving either for Uber or Lyft. So what I wanted to analyze is what had been the impact of this migration of drivers from, let's say, taxi cabs to Uber and Lyft on the value of these medallions. And that's how this paper came about. I analyzed two different cities in the paper, first New York City and then Chicago. And in both of these places, I find that taxi medallion prices have dropped very significantly from their peak in 2013 and 2014. Taxicab medallions would sell for about a million to $1.2 million in the city of New York in 2013, and now prices have come down by about 50% in that city. Chicago, on the other hand, has seen even steeper declines. So we see peak prices of around 350 to 360,000 in 2013, and since then prices have dropped by about 80%. And what I do find is that the adoption of Uber and Lyft has been responsible for a significant fraction of this decline in medallion prices. Could you shed some light on the uh, different parties involved and how their perspectives on this change? So if we take the perspective of somebody who used to own a medallion before, it's clearly the case that the drop in medallion prices has been bad for uh, such individuals. And these could either be the fleet owners who would own lots of medallions, or even the individual cab driver who might be driving his own cab while owning the medallion himself. So for all of these people, the drop in medallion prices has been harmful to them. Now let's take the perspective of somebody who used to drive a taxi cab but did not own the medallion himself. I think that person is also worse off because we have seen that revenues have declined. As Uber and Lyft and other apps have become more popular in the city, revenues have gone down for taxi cabs, so they have certainly been adversely affected as well. So the only set of people that I can think of as being positively affected as a result of this change is people who are buying up medallions today at these depressed prices. And so over the last year or so, we have seen a number of hedge funds be active in this space. And I think given the prices at which they have bought these medallions, it certainly seems plausible that they might be better off in the long run. Uber is reportedly heavily subsidizing all of its rides in order to provide a cheaper ride alternative and remain competitive. So how would the ride-sharing environment change if Uber charged customers enough to make a profit? It's a great question, and it's truly something on which a lot of money rides. As you know, Uber has been funded by private investors, and there is a lot of active discussion about what's the right valuation for that company. And these are exactly the kinds of questions which are at the heart of the discussion of how valuable is the company. With respect to Uber, a lot of its costs are in the nature of fixed costs. So those costs shouldn't scale up as the company grows larger. Another reason why Uber has had to spend a significant amount of money is as it enters new cities, it incentivizes drivers to join onto their platform, and that's fairly expensive for Uber. So as time goes along, as Uber is present in more and more cities, and as the number of rides taken on Uber grows, I would expect Uber's profitability to grow as well. 
At the same time, there's also this issue of self-driving cars and Uber itself, their CEO has identified self-driving cars as something which is absolutely critical to the future success of the company. So for all of those reasons, I'm optimistic that Uber or a different ride-sharing company would be able to figure out their business model in order to make profits in the long run. Of course, the near-term profitability is a question, and that's, I think, what something you're hinting at here. So your research included both New York City and Chicago. Could you shed some light on the major differences between the two cities and the ride-hailing markets? So let me first point out a few distinctions as it pertains to the markets for taxi cabs. So first of all, the New York market is significantly bigger than the Chicago market. Uh, so the average daily revenues across all taxi cabs that are driven in New York City were about $6.4 million in 2013, whereas they were under a million dollars for Chicago in 2013. In other words, the market itself was about six times as large in New York as compared to Chicago. So now taking the second part of your question, which is were there any differences in the ride-sharing market or the ride-hailing market? Yes, there were some differences, I would say. First of all, Lyft has competed more vigorously with Uber in Chicago than New York, and that is being reflected in the somewhat higher market share that Lyft has had in Chicago. Lyft has about a 26% market share in the city of Chicago in 2017. Lyft had about a 17% market share in New York City in early 2017. So in other words, Lyft has had a higher market share in Chicago as compared to New York City. Moreover, there are other competitors in, in New York City as well. So we see companies like Via, Jet, Juno. Uh, these are a number of other companies which have been more active in New York as compared to the city of Chicago. And finally, I think another important distinction, and I think this is related to the differential drop in medallion prices in these two cities, and I think those differential declines can be attributed to the regulations that New York imposes on the drivers of Uber and Lyft as compared to the regulations imposed in the city of Chicago. First of all, New York City mandates drug testing and fingerprinting of all commercial drivers. So if you happen to be driving for Uber or Lyft, you have to go through this drug testing as well as fingerprinting. You're furthermore required to obtain a chauffeur license and undergo a 24-hour education course and requirements in Chicago appear to be far more modest. So I think that's a significant difference in the regulatory approach that th these two cities have taken. And I think it's partly responsible for the differential drop in medallion prices in these two cities. So as a result, looking at your findings from your paper, where do you see the taxi industry moving forward? So frankly, I do not see a very bright picture for the taxi cab industry. I do think that in the end, it'll be heavily influenced by the density of the city along with the regulatory environment that the city adopts. So if a city, for whatever reason, wants to protect this industry, then it can do so by putting up roadblocks in the way of Uber and Lyft or other ride-sharing companies that might come about. Also, I think if the density of the city is high enough, in other words, there are enough people standing at street corners trying to hail cabs, then I think cabs can survive because they are the only ones who have the right to pick up passengers uh, through street hail. I am not very optimistic in terms of the survival of this industry. And in fact, with respect to the two cities that I analyze, I am more optimistic about the prospect of the taxi cab industry for New York as compared to Chicago. So now that you've told us about the, the taxi industry moving forward, where do you think you see the ride share and Uber slash Lyft and those competitors moving forward? And how do you think they'll advance given increased competition even with among themselves? I'm optimistic about the prospects of the ride sharing industry. It is tapping an unused resource, which is drivers who are willing to try and earn an extra buck by driving people around. 
And I think there are enough people who have both the skill, which is driving, as well as the necessary capital, which happens to be their own car, in order for this industry to pick up. When I have gone to the airport in the past, I have usually driven myself and parked close to a parking lot uh, near the airport. But these days, increasingly, I have used Uber or Lyft to get to the airport, for instance. I have no idea of where or exactly how one would get a cab, given where we live in the suburbs. Now, there is obviously the question of self-driving cars, and I think that's still a few years out in the horizon. But if that were to come about, then I think the prospects of the industry are even brighter because it makes, simply makes the economics for both Uber and Lyft much more viable. What can cities and other government entities do either to promote Lyft and Uber or instead to promote taxis? A city should not be trying to advantage one industry over the other. It really should be looking at the welfare of its citizens. At least in my mind, it's quite unambiguous that the welfare of citizens has gone up as a result of the introduction of Uber and Lyft. There are obviously questions about even-handedness between regulating taxis versus regulating Uber and Lyft. But the fact of the matter is that the regulations for taxis were drawn in a different era when we did not have smartphones. And now a lot of the concerns that regulators may have had have been addressed because of the nature of Uber and Lyft. For example, security and safety, both for the rider and for the driver, is significantly higher in an Uber or Lyft as compared to taxi cabs. Taxi drivers are assaulted far more than almost any other occupation, and that's because they often have a lot of cash with them. Now think about how different that is with Uber or Lyft, where people are not transacting in cash. One of the things where cities may have to take a proactive role is in terms of thinking about congestion. So for example, if we have just lots and lots of drivers for Uber and Lyft trying to circle around picking up rides, that may have a detrimental effect in terms of the congestion within the city. Regulators have to be thoughtful about that, but I think at the end of the day, it should be motivated not by trying to protect one industry, whether it's the taxi cabs or whether it's ride sharing, but really after the welfare of the citizens, and especially thinking about the fact that now with Uber and Lyft, people who live far away from the central hub of the city have an easy way of communication, which they did not have before. Thank you so much for being here and telling us about your research. This has been Inspiring Minds. Thank you, Ian. It was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for listening to Inspiring Minds. Stay tuned for our next installment featuring more VSB students discussing research topics with our world-class faculty. 